0: suspect your teen is using drugs or want to prevent them this episode is for you more than half of teens surveyed said they have experimented with substances such as alcohol marijuana vaping and prescription drugs some are able to stop easily some are not some have no interest in even trying. Today, I'm joined by K.L. Wells, the founder of Voices and Courage, with a mission to help families and parents of addicted loved ones. This growing community provides instrumental resources for individuals who need to heal, connect, and grow during some of the most challenging times in their lives. Today, K.L. is going to help us navigate teen drug use and addiction. Welcome, K.L. Thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely.
1: I'm thrilled to be here with you.
0: So, I would love to start with your backstory. What has inspired you to support families through addiction?
1: So, the backstory is that I actually grew up with a mom who was addicted to prescription medications. Um, subsequently, I had a brother who was addicted to cocaine. Um, I married an alcoholic and divorced him five years later. Um, but fast forward, my son, who is now 31, in the last five years has been dealing with severe addiction issues. And so the last five years was, was the time when I just got cracked wide open. Um, we all know as parents that, I mean, um, this is generalization, is that we would do anything for our children. Um, we love them so deeply that we would give up our only lives for them too. Right. And so having been kind of cracked wide open, um, and doing a lot of work around this, I was like, okay, I need to get educated more on this disease. Um, I need to understand how to thrive in the midst of this disease, quote, not just survive. Mm -hmm. And how do I support my son um, in the midst of his disease in a healthy way? So there was a lot of moving parts to this, but I had set my intention and just lived into that intention. And so out of that intention, Voices and in courage was born because I could not find the resources that would support me living into my intention. I had to cobble them together. And I thought, this is ridiculous um, at the, in this time and age that that was necessary. Because I had dealt with this, you know, 40 years earlier with my brother. Um, and I thought, wow, we have not. We have not opened this up um, in terms of helping loved ones. The industry is pretty much focused on the addict or the alcoholic. Um, And then, well, so what do the loved ones do? Um, How do we create a healthy place for them to come back to? Or how do we create a healthy place where if our teens are living at home right now, how do we open up the conversations that need to be taking place. How do we maintain the calm in their storm? Um, We tend to jump in the little river with them and create more storm. Um, And that is a failed strategy um, and sucks us into the trauma and drama of the disease, which we can't move into even surviving if we're going to be in trauma and drama. Yeah. And so what I found to be true, really, truly is that we need to flip the script in terms of what our job description is as a parent. Um, you know, for the most part, we're supposed to keep our, sa- our kids safe. And safe from pain. Well, that is not life. Right. Life shows up with pain. And it is actually the etching of our pains that create compassionate, kind, resilient, stronger human beings. So we need to be learning to help them learn how to lean into the pain and use their pain as the greatest teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that requires us to do the same thing.
0: Yeah, that's hard. And I think, you know, especially now when anxiety has become, I mean, they're calling it a epidemic at this point right it is so oh it's way beyond that yeah, the statistics
1: is, at this point are 95%
0: yeah it is like an enormous crisis and using substances is mm-hmm. a go-to self-healing medicate like but we're self-medicating yes um and so a lot of teenagers are turning to marijuana which i don't in in our in my area northern virginia mm-hmm. when i talk to kids it's like everyone does it is their Mm -hmm. view of it, right? Like everyone says it, I don't understand why my parents are so upset. Parents find out and they freak out, right? (laughs) And so it becomes this whole, um, parents are trying to stop their kids and tell them how bad it is for them. And kids are just saying, you don't get it. I'm just Mm -hmm. not telling you anymore, rather than stopping. So if we suspect, and Mm -hmm. I would imagine most of, you know, at some point our kids Mm -hmm. are going to at least encounter it, Mm -hmm. what do we do?
1: hmm <laughs> well i think i mean that's the 64 million dollar question um i grew up in the dc area so i know this area very well um and the truth of the matter is at least when i was growing up is the parents that we have become we smoked when we were growing up too so there is a disconnect in our truth about our own story um and and so that's one piece of this the other piece of this is We are getting upset about the symptom or the red flag. We've got to get below that Mm -hmm. into the self-medication. Why are we self-medicating? So that means we, again, need to be the calm in their storm and in our own storm and really go to the next level below that and the next level below that and have... Really honest conversations about it's hard to be a human being right now. We we are running up against all these societal issues um, that you know, not that we didn't face when we were growing up, um, but the magnitude is that much greater, and um, and and they do have things that they face because of um, uh, online and uh, social media and all the things that we didn't face when we were growing up. Um, But we've got to have the deeper conversations about what's really going on. And then we have to listen to them. We have to listen to them. We have to ask questions. We have to be curious, not about them smoking marijuana or vaping, but what's really going on for them. And, um, And then if we can create that safety space. Instead of the parent policing space, um, things will begin to shift. At first, when you shift this, um, they're like, "Okay, what's going on?" And then they need time to assess: Is this real or is this not real? Is this just another way of them coming at me? Um, And and you've got to stay consistent in your behavior and changing the conversation until they realize (coughs) this is the, this is the truth. They are safe. You really do want to have a conversation with them um, that's separate and apart from whether they're smoking or vaping or whatever that is, but let's just have a conversation about life and what they're facing on a regular basis, what we're facing on a regular basis. Um, And I think another thing to think about as a parent is, we have to model for them what it is we're expecting of them. And in a lot of situations, we're very um, disconnected from what we're asking them to do and what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, statistically, one out of every three American families is dealing with addiction and drug, and alcoholism. Mm-hmm. One out of three. Yeah. So it's not just our teens it is mom and dad, it is siblings, it is grandparents, it is aunts and uncles. There's not one family that I talk to that isn't affected by this in their family, in some form or fashion. It's just degrees of separation.
0: So if this is so prevalent and Mm -hmm. yet it is such a fear and we want to protect our kids from it, um, you know, how do we start that conversation about drug use, about vaping that doesn't cause this disconnect or the feeling of judgment, because I I talk to a lot of parents and rightfully and understandably so they approach it as a I'm going to explain to you why this is bad. I want you to learn from my experiences. Now you you have this information, so go make a big good choice. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, I don't understand. I've already given you all the information you need to know. <laughs> yeah. Why are you still making a bad choice? Right. Explain to parents why this is not working.
1: Okay. <laughs> so step back as a teenager yourself mm-hmm. because the notion that if they just knew they would make different decisions, please. I mean, let's get real. Yeah, You knew smoking was bad for you when you were a teenager. You still smoked. You knew, you know, marijuana was a way to medicate yourself. You still did it. Um, and so I, that's where I think this disconnect is partly taking place. <coughs> and And another thing that I think about is, quite frankly, is Stop having the conversation about the marijuana and vaping. Yeah, Have the conversation about the underlying issues of living a life that can be pain-filled with bullying at school and all the things that are taking place, the anxiety of um, the, pa- the pandemic. Um, we're We are still massively in the aftershocks mm-hmm. of the pandemic itself. So this is, this is the odd thing that I think a lot of us grapple with is we go right for the thing that scares us the most. We need to go below the thing that scares us the most. And that is our kids aren't talking to us. Yeah, We're not talking to them. Um, And we're not listening. So forget having the conversation about marijuana and drugs and vaping and all that. That is just the symptom. That's the thing you're getting distracted by. Go to the real conversations, which is, you know, what's happening at school? How's life? You know, and you may have to share some stories about what's happening in your life in terms of at work, 50% of people who are going into work are distracted with all this crap at home, whether it's divorce or addictions or all the things. I mean, we are in crisis right now. Our kids aren't alone in this no. but they feel like they are.
0: They really do.
1: Because we're not talking to them about this.
0: I think what is really important to note about this too is you don't have to know or suspect that your child is taking drugs or using drugs. It's all the same no matter what. Yes. It's all the same. It's yes. about whether or not you have a conversation with them and you're listening to them and you're helping them deal. Because if you immediately go, and I I know this, like parents will go and do room checks and they'll call stuff out and say, look what I found, Mm -hmm. you know, you're doing this. Mm -hmm. This doesn't make them go stop. This just makes them hide it at their friend's house.
1: Absolutely, yes.
0: So they're, and not tell you and do better at hiding it. And that's not what we want, right? Mm -hmm. That's actually making matters worse. So if we're going, I see this. I understand why you're doing it. Let me understand why you're doing it. Yes, exactly. make you feel? And yeah. the reasons are because it makes them feel better and less stressed and because it makes them feel like they belong because their friends are doing it. And rather than saying, well, change your friends, that's not going to work because that's where they belong,
1: right? right? Or just yeah.
0: stop. It's easy to stop. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's understanding why it's so hard. Yeah. And so we need to make sure that we've got something to replace it. If we're going to ask them to stop, we can't just tell them to stop without helping them have tools.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, that's why the conversation really isn't about stopping. Right. The conversation really is about what's going on. Yep. What's happening in life. And that's just one thing that they've <coughs> excuse me, grabbed a hold of to self-medicate. You know, as adults, we shop. We we have a lot of sex we, um, workaholics. I mean, there's so many addictions that we model, um, that we're trapped in ourselves that we need to own, that we are just self-medicating ourselves so we can get through our days. Um, and so that's why I say the conversation isn't about marijuana or vaping, although you may think it is, but if that's the track you take, they're going to become more subversive, more manipulative, more lying, they're going to go into the whole of um, what that particular strategy is, which is just masking, I can't talk to you. Yeah, I can't tell you what's really going on in my life. Um, and I can't tell you that, you know, the guy I was dating just cheated on me. I can't tell you that my best friend just went out with that guy. I can't tell you that. Um, I mean, shoot, I, I, I hear from so many parents about suicide. Um, and schools that are not addressing it. Yeah. Well, it shouldn't just be the schools. We should be talking about this at home because um, <laughs> this, is, this is the conversation, I believe, of this generation is how to deal with the things that show up in life that are painful. How do we create resiliency? <clears throat> how do we create a mindset <coughs> that isn't about escaping but it's actually about embracing what's showing up and learning from it, having it be a, our greatest teacher. Um, and that's what pain is. It's our greatest teacher. It cracks us wide open and it gives us the opportunity to elevate, um, in terms of life and our mindsets and our service in the world and our spiritual journey and all of these things. So, um, we, I think. Generally speaking, parents are grabbing a hold of the easy button, so to speak. You know, they're grabbing a hold of you're doing drugs, you're smoking, you're doing you're vaping. That's the thing I'm going to attack. And that's not even the thing.
0: Right. I, I think what's interesting, too, and kind of what went through my mind as you were talking as well is a lot of times we address it as my child is a liar lying to me? My my child's becoming sneakier, and I kind of, like you said earlier, flip the swip, flip the script a little bit and mm-hmm. go, why does my child feel like they need to lie to me more? Right. Why do they feel like they need to hide from me more? It's mm-hmm. not them; they're resp- they're reacting, they're responding, mm-hmm. they're protecting themselves. Right. What's making them feel like they need to take that approach? Yeah. And that's the question of how do I now make it safer rather than blaming them for doing bad? Mm-hmm. How do I make it so that they can succeed? Mm-hmm. I think the other piece I want to throw in there is they're, they're doing this to self-medicate. They're doing this to feel better. Mm-hmm. How do we make a world or make their environment so it's less stressful? <laughs> like We want them to be more resilient, yes, but we keep piling more and more and more stress and expectations on them right. and then think, well, they just need to be more resilient. Mm-hmm. Well, why? Like, right. I don't understand. Why can't we yeah. take some of that pressure off? Why is all this pressure so important? What are these beliefs that we have as parents,
1: <laughs> right? Well, because I'm very familiar with your area, which is about power, money, and control, That's how we're successful. Yeah. Which is a lie. Yeah. That is not the success of life and living is because you accumulate money. How much is enough? It becomes an addiction in and of itself. Yeah. Power. It's an addiction in and of itself. I mean, these are very ripe conversations at this point. And, um, you know, I think about, Two things. One is when I was a teen growing up, if my parents had come at me, you know, about me doing something instead of wanting to engage me in a conversation, I would have lied to them too. I would have pulled away and removed myself. So sometimes, you know, I will say to parents, um, you're telling me the story about your child. What happened when your parents did the same thing to you? How did you respond? So we have to step back and remember how it was to be a teen. Now, I think personally, I think the pressures right now of on teens is way over the top in terms of oh, yeah. who they need to be in this world in order to be successful. And so I think about like myself personally is I need a safety place to come home to at the end of the day when I, I go out of here. I do business coaching and consulting. I am working with people all day long who are in trauma and drama so that they can be successful in their businesses. And so when I come home, I want safety, emotional safety. I want harmony. I want peace. I want a loving place to come home to. How many of us as parents are intentionally creating that kind of space for our kids with that context that surrounds them?
0: I think a lot of parents are trying to do that. A good sign that you're not fully being successful at that is when your kids are not coming out of their room because a lot of kids tell me the room is the only place that they (laughs) feel safe and that they're not going to be yelled at or judged or anything else. And so they Mm -hmm. hide up there. Mm -hmm. I think parents are really trying hard Mm -hmm. to say, I want to have these conversations. I want to show my child, I accept them. Mm -hmm. And I think the piece that they're missing is how they're communicating. That is not how their kids are receiving it. Right. So we have to understand how kids are receiving it. Right. Rather than trying to communicate from our perspective. And that's where the disconnect keeps coming.
1: Yeah. Well, we're still trying to communicate from we know better. Yes. They know that. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, now my son's older now. However, when he was a teen, early teen, he was starting to get into marijuana and, and things like, and drinking and so on and so forth. Now I, I chose a a, <laughs> a fairly radical way to handle that at that time. Um, I sent him to A behavioral modification boarding school, because in my mind, I'd done everything that I knew to do, needed that I knew to do as a parent, counseling and all the things. Um, but he needed a pattern interrupt in his life. He needed to kind of be pulled up out of his life and put someplace else, um, to kind of reprogram, so to speak. Um, and that worked for a while when he came home. He, you know, he did high school. He did, um, an AA program in um, uh, firefighting and all of the things. Um, and then he still got back into drugs and alcohol um, because partly was, um, there's so much trauma happening in our, in our lives and our children's lives, and we're not getting at the trauma. Um, we're not exercising the trauma it, it, and we don't know how to do trauma on um, healing. So, so these are not easy que- questions. Um, all, all I can say is, and I don't have quote, easy answers, but what I can say is believing that we know the answers is an illusion. Yeah. Um, believing that we can educate them (coughs) into understanding drugs and alcohol is bad for them is an illusion.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, we need to get better at being able to suspend our own trauma and drama, and create a real, honest, and safe conversation. Um, and that's why our kids are in their rooms, is because yeah. they, they're not experiencing that yeah. from a truly authentic and genuine place with their parents. Yeah. Um, as much as their parents want to do that, do. honestly, a lot of parents are not skilled up.
0: And and it's just a lot, it's not lack of trying, it's just lack of understanding that perspective and how how it's coming across.
1: And we've got to get skills. Yeah. So we have to ask for help. Um, You know, part of the thing that I talk to a lot of parents about is um, if you can teach your children to ask for help, you have far exceeded what's going to take place in their life.
0: Yeah.
1: And you have to model it. Yeah. You have to model it. And most parents are doing it by this, you know, their bootstraps at this point. Um and um so we've got to ask for help ourselves. Yeah. And then we've got to get skills in how to show up for each other in a genuine, authentic, caring, loving, I'm going to listen to you way. Um, I just had a client meeting yesterday with a young man who's um, approaching 40, and um, his wife has had serious um, mental health issues, and it's all predicated on childhood trauma. And her dad came to visit with um, with her stepmom, and she chose to have the conversation with him about what actually happened from her perspective in her childhood. And she opened up this whole conversation, and her dad showed up to listen, to apologize, to cry, um, to help explain some of the perspectives that she had that she needed more perspective on. But he created a safe place for her to have that conversation. And it forever has changed her life and my client's life.
0: That's amazing.
1: So. He's in his 60s, approaching 70 at this point. He just changed. It's never too late. It is never too late. Please, please, please. Yeah. It, it, we're it, as long as we're alive and functioning as a human being, miracles happen. Yeah. P- people change. Um, if you're willing to do the work, and I've seen people do the work at every decade along the way, and forever change their own lives. And people who were willing to step back into that with them. Um, so yes, um, we we can change, and yeah. and we need to learn how to do this differently.
0: Yeah, and I think Kale, I want to you know kind of point out it's like no matter what topic that I discuss on this. Um, you know, on this podcast, mm-hmm. it always comes back to the same thing, and I yes. want to point this out to parents. No right. matter what the issue is, yep. the behavior, the addiction, whatever it is, it is a symptom mm-hmm. of an underlying issue, mm-hmm. and the only way to get to that issue is to actually listen to your teen, not mm-hmm. try to fix it, but mm-hmm. listen and understand. Right. End of the story. Mm-hmm. Like yep. this is the key skill. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. we are not taught to listen. No. Nobody's taught this critical skill. Mm -hmm. And it's like the number one parenting skill. And Mm -hmm. we're terrible at it. (laughs) We're terrible. Yes. So it's learning how to do that is essential for connecting with your kids. And connection with your kids is essential for helping them through anything, including drug use and addiction.
1: Right, exactly. And so if you need to learn how to listen, ask for help. Yes. There are plenty of online courses at this point. I mean, we are so blessed at this particular time to be able to access um, training, coaching, teaching, all the things in ways that we couldn't when I was growing up. Um, and um, and so ask for help. Get a course on how to listen deeply. Um, read Brene Brown. I mean, watch podcast, listen to podcasts yeah. like this one. Um, uh, geez. I mean, there's so much information out so there. Much. there is. Grab a hold of what you need to learn most. And if you start with listening, listening deeply, um, and the ability to ask really great questions out of a place of curiosity, your life will change. Yep. And so will your family members lives change. Um, and so I, I strongly encourage people skill up. Yeah.
0: I love that. So yeah. KL, how do people find you? Cause on this podcast, I help people, but my goal is to help them find someone that they
1: connect with because mm-hmm. not everyone connects. So how could they mm-hmm. find you? Go to voicesencourage dot com. that's okay. our website. And, um, I just, I just had a conversation with a woman, um, From Australia last night, um, who heard our podcast. So we have a podcast also, you know, voices encouraged with KL Wells. Um, we've, we're just new into this. So, um, but we're, what we're doing is we're having these kinds of conversations that we're talking about is the real, the raw. I am super curious about people. I drop the judgment. There's no shame. There's no stigma. I want to understand what's an addict thinking yeah what what's going through their mind as they're in the midst of their addiction um so that i can show up in the healthiest way possible and and um i and uh, all of uh, generally most people who who don't have addiction issues that way do not understand what's going on mindset wise and internally and all the things that go along with that and so we do the blame the judgment um, all the things that you just, mm-hmm, yep, yeah, we make it a moral imperative that you stop. We say we educate, so you'll stop. We do all the things that you talked about um, here. Um, so go to the podcast, start listening to that because embedded in that are, are the same things that we're talking about here is how to listen deeply, how to love um, deeply, how to ask great questions, how to create safe space for people to tell their truth. Yeah. Um, how to drop the shame, the guilt, the blame, all the things that, you know, are completely pointless and worthless, um, in terms of creating deep, intimate, real, authentic connections with people. So podcast voicesencourage.com.
0: I will put the links in the show notes so people can find you. And before we right. go, KL, what is the one key takeaway you want parents with teenagers to take with them after the show?
1: Uh, This is a generalization again, um, but get skills. Yeah. Get your own help in getting skills and how to listen deeply and create safe space for your teenagers. On the front end, they're going to be like, is this like real? Like you messing with me? And it'll take a little while. It's like when my son was really little, I would say to him at the end of the day, what was the best part of your day? On the front end of that, he's like, what? (laughs) but within a week or so, he was like already thinking about what was going to be the best part of his day. So there's a trust that needs to be laid because you're doing things differently. And that takes a little bit of time. So set intention, get skilled up in listening really deeply, asking great questions, creating safe space.
0: Thank you, KL. I'm so grateful you could join us today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. And thank you, parents, for taking time out of your busy day to join us. If you want more parenting tips, you can grab my tip sheet at AskDrCam.com slash parenting tips. And until next time, have a peaceful, positive, calm day. (laughs) And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.